You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip Off, the NBA podcast that has regular day jobs. Or in my case, regular night jobs. Well, you know, it's just a uh, full nine to fivers, man. Could be AM, could be PM. Yeah, well, the way it goes. I haven't worked in five ever. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's neither, neither here nor there. We're here to talk basketball. And that we are. We're, uh, we've got some catching up to do. You're talking about playoffs? Playoffs. Playoffs. Western and Eastern Falcons Finals. Some matchups in uh, the. Where do you want to start? East? Um, well, well, that was more entertaining. So. All right. Now, let's, let's go west. Then, you know, the, the Nuggets versus the Lakers, which I would argue was also pretty game entertaining because they were all close games. Yeah, obviously, you would have liked the series to go. Three games longer, but you know, I I guess we can't be that selfish. Right? We we were we got plenty of basketball. We made it pretty far into June, and I'm not not too mad about it. But the uh, the Nuggets prevailed, but in a very very close four games, the Lakers got to give them credit. They put forth, I think, a good effort. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a- what what do you think was their biggest like misstep in this final stretch? Let's see. Just just to back up your point, that it was close. The margin of victory was six points, five points, um, eleven points, two points. So and those those were sixes close and elevens and fives. Honestly, get inflated by the uh, the last twenty seconds to mm-hmm. when you get those fouls. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So that that eleven point win was probably more like a seven point win. They probably. Got a couple free throws, a couple missed shots by the Lakers. It was impressive. Like it, on by the Nuggets side, like I can, I, oof, I'm glad I had money on them. <laughs> they were astounding with their temperance of those late game situations where everything was against them. Like even the referees. Like if you were rooting for the Lakers, you were like, damn man, like really? This was they. Yeah. They were calling. Oh, some pretty egregious or 50-50 calls is more like 75-25 calls. Um, and so for the, the Nuggets to push through all of that as well was pretty impressive. I don't know how I would have done things differently on the Lakers side. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I think one thing that showed the entire playoffs was just the inconsistency, I mean, of the Lakers, period. But Anthony Davis, to be particular... He, it was like he was there for 30 and 15 one night, and then, like, he needed oh, four days off, not just a day off, you know? Like, yeah. and, and I get, you know, he's got all these injury issues, and, I'm, you know, and it's a long season. Well, who's his backup? Like, maybe that was their, their real problem. They don't, yeah, yeah, you're right. They didn't really have a backup. I mean, they... You know, Ma Bamba was on that team, but he I couldn't play. He was injured. I, yeah. Wenyan Gabriel? Are you kidding? Yeah. He wasn't going to do yeah, nothing. The Lakers didn't really have a good backup. Tristan Thompson. TT, baby. Yeah. Tristan Thompson got minutes in, in, in another NBA Finals, which is crazy. It is not 2013. Um, 16. Come on. Or give, give him some credit. Well, you know, they made it there all those years. Close, anyways. But. I think that definitely hurt, and plus, you've got to guard Jokic inside to out. You can't just let him stand there at the top of the key, because for two reasons. A, he's a good shooter, and B, you're leaving passing lanes open for him. So, it, I think part of it was probably just because that was a big 
ask defensively for whoever has been guarding Jokic in the playoffs. So I think that was a big ask. And and at the end of the day, I think the depth hurt the Lakers too. You know, I think we've kind of said this for most of LeBron's time in in L.A. It's kind of just been a hodgepodge. Who can we get for the vet minimum? Who can we get for the trade exception? Who can we get for the mid-level exception? Like, it's been a struggle for them to find depth. And I think they they found some, and they made some good moves. Austin Reeves obviously became a more than adequate player this year. They traded for Rui, who had a good playoffs, I thought. So they definitely had some pieces there, but I think top to bottom, especially at that guard position, or at that center position, and then to go along with the consistency, like D'Angelo Russell was, you know, it, at half the games it was like, he didn't do this. And he was benched in some of the finals, or some of the playoff games now in the so fourth quarter. Because let, me, let me stand up for, for, for our boy Dilo here for a sec. So, so D'Angelo Russell, I've watched him since he got drafted, has... A very interesting game to him was playing at Ohio State, very self-confident, very hot, hot and cold shooting. Takes right? a lot like, of shots he probably shouldn't. When he is comfortable in a system or process, and the more shots he takes, the more comfort he gets, he seems to, to come around. So it would appear that he did not have enough shots or time around the team to really fit into where he needed to be, I think. The trade for Minnesota, albeit a, I think he wasn't the primary focus, was a good mutual connection for the Lakers and him because they need a point guard who's been around, and he's, I would consider he's, a veteran, right? Yeah, I mean, he's been with L.A., and then he's been with Brooklyn, and uh, in Brooklyn he was kind of the leader Golden of that State, team. Golden State, Minnesota, he's been around. He's had some yeah. experience, so now... It's it's really going to come down to how much he can develop over this offseason. Because when he was up against Denver, against Jamal Murray, he was getting toasted. And his defense was atrocious. And if you're not to, making to shots... Be, to be fair, to be fair uh, Jamal Murray did revert back to bubble John, Jamal Murray this playoff. And we'll, we'll, we will get to the Nuggets. Chicken um, of the egg. But he he was Jamal Murray. You know, it was again another tall ask. It was a tall ask defensively for the you're, Lakers altogether. You're, you're fair, very fair. Um, and you couldn't count on those Lonnie Walker games that uh, you would. You, you got see, one. You got. You got one. That's all you get. <laughs> um, they needed it. They did. They got one though. <laughs> they did. Uh, whew, Michael Porter Jr. Man, what do you think about him? I think. And this, I, you know, I think this is just a, could be a blanket statement for Michael Porter in in, in general. But when he sticks to kind of what he's supposed to do, he's a very good player. If he kind of <laughs> tries to do a lot of things on his own and kind of be the guy, I think he can kind of slip a little bit. But I think for what he is, and I'm not saying he's a role player, I think he can be a solid three guy in the league. But I think... He needs to realize that. And I think overall in the playoffs, I thought he played his role very well. Um, I mean, I think he can be a little bit of a streaky shooter and a streaky defender if he's willing. But given his size you know, at what position he plays, I think, you know, I think the Nuggets are glad they fell to him. 
Oh my god! Like he fell I mean, for that. 14th yeah. overall in in that draft was I think I mean, we commented pre, how much of a steal that was. Yeah, because pre, his back was the issue. Right. Well, think about this. Like going into that college season, into that college season, it was like who's your number one overall? Bull Bull or Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> yeah. Right, and then both had massive injuries in college, and Bull Bull obviously just completely fell off the map. Now he's kind of rejuvenated a little bit of his career in uh, Orlando this year, but you know the same thing with Michael Porter Jr. There were serious, serious healthish concerns about his back. I agree, and he's had a resurgence, regression, and another resurgence over the past five, four years. Yeah. Um, and he's had his contentions with Michael Malone. He's had his issues with defense. He used to be an absolute cone. And now I think he's come a long way to, and he's still young in this league. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see where he's going. But he's definitely going to help them out going forward. Um, yeah, I agree. Have they signed him to a oh, contract yes, they, yet? Okay. When they signed him to, that was a point of contention as well. Because it was $125 million, And we were like, he hasn't done anything yet. So they bet on him. They didn't, that's not the max for him, right? Though it was, it was. It was okay, that's that was. I said that was an early max. It was. I was gonna say because I think his contract situation now would be very interesting. You know, again, that's that contract signed. You know, a year or two years ago. You know, if he keeps progressing down the line, it's just gonna look better and better because the cap space is gonna go up, contracts are gonna go up. It's the same thing in every sport. It's why I think he's got three years on three years. it. It's Maybe why I'm always four. like imploring people to. Sign the person now because it's going to only get more expensive. Like, I don't want not to go to a different sport here, but to go to football, like, if I'm the Chargers or the Bengals, like, you better be signing Joe Burrow and doesn't hurt it right now because you wait another year, it's going to get that much more expensive. Fair. Now, obviously, with a player like Michael Porter Jr., who has had his ups and downs, it's are you willing to make that big a financial commitment to someone who's been streaky, someone who you're not 100%, 100% sure on? It's not like he was coming right out the gate and he was a surefire hit. Um, there were definitely some questions, so it is kind of hard to give that much money to somebody who you might not be 100% all in on. But you could argue right now it it's working out. It's working Seems out. To pay off. Now, could, could they have won the finals in the NBA championship without him? Maybe. Probably. You know, Aaron Gordon takes a step up. You know, you got a decent bench there. Christian Brown, KCP shot the ball pretty well through the playoffs. So, do we want to move forward onto the East before we? Sure. Anything else on on the Lakers? I think going into their off season, they've got the typical shed the expiring contracts and dead weight. Sign some new ones and or re-sign some of the youth. They need to build some assets because they've had some 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 one-year deals that don't really turn into assets at the end of their contract. And when you recycle these players over and over again, you yeah. eventually just lose all ability to, to trade and to, yeah. to upgrade your roster. And yeah. you have to rely on draft picks, which if you have traded which, those away, yeah, which, which you, the Lakers have, you really are yeah. finding yourself in a very yeah. tough and, position. Yeah. And there's a reason why all these people you're signing up for one-year deals are signing that one-year deal. It's not because, it's, you know, it's... It's to prove it's themselves. They're, yeah, prove themselves, and it's because at this point they're borderline role players. They know exactly. And the Lakers need substantial role players. Not borderline, substantial. People who are actually going to contribute on a nightly basis throughout the season. 
And maybe that means, as you said, getting younger, getting guys who are also willing to, you know, to put in the effort to contribute on a night-to-night basis. But switching over to the Celtics and Heat series, seven-game series, the Heat were this close from losing the first playing game to making the finals. Extremely, extremely fun series. The Heat took games one and two in Boston. One game three, had a 3-0 lead. Boston made an interesting one, three in a row after that, and then the Heat just blew the doors off of them in Game 7 in Boston. After a, it should be noted, after a, after a ankle injury hard, from oh. Jason Tatum in the first 30 seconds. True, true. It was a tough break for but Boston. But it was also after an absolutely deflating and heartbreaking loss at home in Game 6 on a Derek White layup within the last two-tenths oh, of the Oh, for the Heat, game. yes. Yes. Yeah. That they was... very easily... Could have just shown up like the like the Celtics did and no showed Game Seven. Now, I, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you that Jason Tatum doesn't get injured. He's at 100. percent It's it is a, a different outcome. I will I, not necessarily a different outcome. Like I'm not going to say that the Heat wouldn't have won, but as you said, it it would have been a different feel. A different game, game yes. for sure. But you know, it was one of those things that if he was really that. That way, he should have probably stepped out, in which he played through it and got to give him credit for, for playing through. But for what he put out there on the court, I think he would have been better suited to not have played. I think he should have, like, stepped out. Or if he was able to go out and then come back and play a limited role, that may have been a little bit better. But it just seemed like they didn't his, – his morale his, – the, the team morale and everything was sh- chock shit. Yeah. After he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown was still trying to like put the team on his back and, and his I, turnover rate was yeah, not I I, I think we say Jalen like, Jalen Brown's not that guy. Jalen Brown is a fantastic number two. Two, I would say maybe three to two on a good day. Two two B, like a two B maybe 2B. a two a two B a three A or something like that. Yes. I, I see that. But yeah, he's not the guy. He was I say turn the ball over a lot. He was very streaky on the shooting on the shooting end. Um, I think the Celtics' depth played pretty well. Derek White and Brogdon had good – Derek White had a great, great playoffs. Um, and I thought Brogdon was dealing with a little bit of an arm injury, too, and he had his moments. Another injury, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, that guy. Um, but, I mean, I thought those two played pretty well, given their roles. Um, so, looking at, I guess, the Celtics – you know, I think the big question the past couple seasons has been: Are you gonna are, are you gonna keep running this back with Tatum and Brown? Are you gonna try to move Brown for something? And you know, obviously they have the off season ahead of them, and there's some I don't know. If there's a whole lot of decisions to make. Theoretically, I think they could quite easily just run this back. I don't think they have a lot that they're losing because they have Brogdon, they have White, you still have. Robert Williams, you have Tatum and Brown. It's the same squad. But where did they go wrong? Like, so the percentage of the did they, the I mean, they shots, just run into a Heat team at a good time? I mean, at the worst the, time, at the at, worst time, I mean, really, because I mean, yeah. they made thirty-three percent of their shots in that series. Their other uh, threes. Sorry, I should be more mm-hmm. specific. The Heat on the opposite end made 
51% of their open threes. I should quantify this by open threes. So that's within like six uh, uh, defenders within six feet. Um, or three feet? How silly do the three feet? Yeah. Um, anyway, so the Heat regularly shoot like only 36%. So they shot out of their mind. Whereas the, the Celtics, who shot above 37, 38% on threes, in the regular season, shot below theirs by a huge margin. They even took way more threes and just made ended, ended up making like six or seven less than the Heat, which was ridiculous. So, overall, the Celtics should have won that series. But, like last year, a, a difference of a three-point made or missed seems to have decided the entire series. Mm-hmm. So, the Heat did make true on the promise that they would make it back to that same point the next year, and the outcome will be different. So props to Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. However, we also got to give props to just the tip-off local podcast around here for calling that Kyle Lowry would not be the goddamn difference maker for the fucking Miami Heat. Yeah, I agree, but I also it's kind of I just kind of think about how silly do the Bucks look right now. Like I'm not saying firing Mike Bullenhoser wasn't a good thing and maybe wasn't the best option for them, but they fired him right after this, and the Heat went on and just rolled through the rest of the East. Like, they lost to a good Heat not team great, that not had great. a bad regular season. Again, this is the team that was in the, well, again, as you said, the West Eastern Conference Finals last year. It was the, almost the exact same team. It's a good team that just had a bad regular season. Was it a little bit of an overreaction? We kind of discussed all the firings early on, but we did see quite a lot of firings right after series ended. You know, Doc Rivers got fired in Philadelphia. Sorry you lost to a really good Boston Celtics team. Yeah, maybe you, you've kind of been there and not been able to get over the hump, and maybe that's more of the reason why, but I don't know. Are, um, I mean, are we quick? You know, as you said, it's, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. It, it is indeed. It is indeed, and that. I think that's the mentality that the Boston Celtics are going the, into with the in this offseason. Of Eric Spolstra. I mean, and that guy just got staying power. Uh, he he is not the problem, man. You cannot like he's like so, Greg Popovich. That team could go zero and eighty-two, and they'd be like, "Yeah, we're going to bring the coach back." The, with the odds stacked against them, you still got to give them credit for for making making moves. And albeit they did lose the fourteen finals and the eleven finals, uh, was he the coach for the eleven finals? And just control them. Yeah. Um, Spo did make quite the impact on, and I guess the 20 finals as well. He made an impact to get them there. So, God, he's lost four finals now? Yeah, but he's won, he's won a good number two. He's won sure. three. And it, I, it's harder, two? harder no, to get there. Two. I'd say it's harder to just physically get there than it is to win it. It is. It is. You gotta, um, you gotta win a lot more games to get there. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think for the Heat, um, obviously, you know, Jimmy Butler was, was the guy, but I think the emergence of Caleb Martin in these playoffs has been good for them. Bam Adebayo was kind of hit or miss. I think he overall had a bad offensive playoffs. I just saw him miss a lot. Look, yeah, what looked like he rocked. I mean, he had his games, but as a whole, I swear, every time I was watching one of the games, he was rushing and missing just easy little layups. Okay, and, here. I don't mean to cut you off or disagree, but he, in my eyes, yes, I did see that. But more often than not, I saw him hustling and getting buckets and getting boards and getting assists and just being the only thing that could make something happen, the energy 
on the floor for the Heat when Jimmy Butler was lagging behind because he was, I'll, I'll admit, he was hurt. He was, uh, he was like probably tired just from the whole three or four rounds beforehand. So it's, it's, it's. I think from Bam Adebayo's standpoint, I was pretty impressed to see what I've seen because it was developed. It was a step forward in my eyes. He did. Yeah. He wasn't perfect. Still has polish to make, or he's <laughs> still gonna polish himself. But uh. And I mean that's with the Heat, you know, with Duncan Robinson not having the a good a good year period. You know, they signed with that big deal, and he wasn't yeah, really I, really the same. You had Tyler Hero's injury. injury. Don't scoot over Duncan Robinson because he was integral for this past, this postseason. He really stepped the fuck up. I'm not saying he isn't, but I'm I like he was replaced by Max Struess. Max um, Struess, yeah. Max, Max, but... Max this year was what they thought they were going to be getting out of Duncan Robinson. Fair, fair, but they did that by coincidence. They really didn't have a plan for that to happen. No, but when you sign a guy to five years, a hundred million dollars, expect him. Ninety. You expect him to uh. And he showed to not up be the, the seventh guy off the bench. He showed up for the postseason. Better than he did in the regular season, yes, but I still think as a whole he was underwhelmed. Because the year they, because the previous years, you know, him and Tyler Hero have been like, we're, we're like Splash Brothers 2.0. They were saying at one point, because they were all they were hit on fire. Fair <laughs> for the time, uh, I guess. <laughs> it seems a little bit of a cart before the horse, but uh, that's what we used to. Um, I don't know, man. It Miami Heat against. The, you want to move on to finals? Might as well. The Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, we'll talk about them right after this break. It was a battle. Got to give it to the Miami Heat. Got to give it to them. Got to give it to the Nuggets. Got to give it to the Nuggets. But at the end of the day, the Nuggets prevailed. And they are the 2023 NBA champions. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, all, all every game was relatively close. I mean, there were a couple that Denver just eked out in the end by 14, but... You know, there were a couple games that were closer. The you know closeout game was was kind of a defensive defensive game. Both teams not even scoring a hundred. Um, they were I mean they were stalemates. They they played it. The pace of the game was set by the Miami Heat. I'll give them that. Um, but the Denver Nuggets always had a counter for whatever the Heat were throwing at them, which ended up being just I, I think too much for. I mean, after they beat the Lakers, it I. I think this is kind of what we expected because what did the Miami Heat have to throw at Jokic and Murray at the same time? They could start maybe one of them, but together, you got to give credit to Jamal Murray because he was amazing, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And um, we've done this entire podcast without talking about Aaron Gordon. That's shame on us. What What did you see from him? Because I saw a a dunker who was always ready, always down, looking for an angle against a mismatch, who was not afraid to, sh- to let a three fly, even though he was not shooting it very well, always keeping the defense honest. And I saw him playing his ass off on defense. Yeah, I agree. I think he played really, really well defensively. I think his offensive side was definitely helped by the fact that I don't necessarily think the Heat had a good guy to put against him. No. Um, and you because you're putting Bam on Jokic. on Jokic, and then I mean you're probably putting who K Love, yeah, I get K Love on him maybe. 
I guess, here and there. And then, I mean... Duncan Robinson? Duncan Robinson. I mean, this thing, like, like, I can't remember who they were hiding Lowry on. Like, you can't really have Lowry guarding. They would play zone every now and then, yeah. but they, they I really think they, I think you had to put on. Jimmy on. On, on uh, Jamal Murray. Yeah. And then you had Martin on Michael Porter Jr., which wasn't a... Too too bad of a match up there because Martin's got decent size, not Michael Porter Jr. size, but okay, he's like six seven. It was unfortunate because can you, yes, that's true. But Martin spent all of his energy on defense, and he really was a non-factor on offense, and that was what really carried the Heat through the playoffs from this. It got from, a, yeah, Mar- Martin played very well in the Boston series. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, and he did have a few games where he showed flashes. But it wasn't anything consistent enough to carry a meaningful. Sure. And same thing with it's Kyle gonna Lowry. A, it's going to get him a contract, but yeah, no, same thing with Kyle Lowry though. He he made every effort he could. Punch. He didn't take as many charges as he thought he could, but the the Nuggets pass it too much for them to to be able to do that. Listen, every so. charge he takes, it hurts a little more. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's getting up there. Yes. <laughs> in age and in charges taken. <laughs> I can't say they're getting easier to take. They're getting a little bit easier to watch. I'm not gonna lie, because it's just I, it's I expect it coming. I see it coming. <laughs> That's what right. he does, right? He's standing at like point guards just bringing the ball over half court, and Lowry's already sitting there right, right in front of the circle in the post, is waiting for waiting for some dumbass rookie to come driving in, like he's gonna dunk all over somebody. And Lowry's gonna be like, no, I'm just gonna stand here yeah. and take this charge, <laughs> right? Uh, so it was a good series to watch. It was not as highly touted on the, uh, the networks because, you know, these two teams without as much star power in the games as they would have liked, uh, it, it was a little bit star power in the mainstream media. Yeah, it wasn't like to... the LeBron Miami. It was kind of the nitty. It was it was it wasn't the quote unquote Showtime. And that's not to take away the Lakers Showtime game, but the Showtime Miami that was Wade, Bosch, and LeBron. It was like another the grit and grind amount Jimmy Butler version of the Heat, and then it's like the Nuggets. Not I, you I, know I see has right. had, has had one good kind of maybe two good segments like I guess times in their franchise history and this being the third so and obviously uh, not a major market in the NBA so I get what you're saying as we said going into the conference finals the NBA really wants a Boston Lakers final that would have been the ideal to reprise that rivalry that we really haven't seen since it was Kobe the the Paul Pierce yeah so I would agree. This was this was if you were looking at it from that like NBA perspective, this was the least favorable matchup it because was, it like, had the least amount of pizzazz, if you will. It may have some better uh, long term implications, but for uh, I'll say multi or international uh, reasons. So Serbia, the new the yeah. new uh, MVP of I guess, I guess he's not the MVP. Oh, wow, who could have seen this? this is, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get on my soapbox. This, this, this is going to give me We all know. Embiid got named MVP, and you mean they got ousted in the playoffs while Jokic dominated. We we know that we know the story. Voter fatigue is real. Regular, it, um, we're not going there. We're not going there. We're not going to that dark place. But you got to give him this one. 
they really did. They really just felt bad for him. It was, and they couldn't let, they couldn't let. Yeah, you know, they can't. No three peeps allowed. Unless it's labor or some other person like that. Anyway, they're gonna come back next year, and they are the team to beat. I think I saw the Celtics being favored over uh, <laughs> over the Nuggets, which was interesting. So uh, get your free free money bets right right now. I think FanDuel's got a yeah. An interesting line going yeah, on. Yeah, again, and this is all like pretty free agency and draft moves, so who knows? Well, I guess there was one move. The they the Nuggets did acquire a pick from somebody, like I think it was Indiana in like game three. Like right before game three, they got a pick in the draft. <laughs> I, I, I think they sent like cash considerations or something like that. So they, they made Nuggets made a move to get a pick. Um but obviously there's still free agency ahead. I think both, if we're talking about, I guess we're not really talking about Miami, but like Boston and you said them being favored and Denver, you, know, you do, you do kind of have a lot of the core signed under contract coming back. Um, if you're the Nuggets, you know, why might as well just run this thing back. Like it's, it's hard not to win a championship and just say, okay, well let's just run it back. Maybe you can make some, some improvements on the exterior of the roster and things like that. But you know that core is just going to stay stay there unless someone is like James Harden once out <laughs> after every season. <laughs> I'm not talking about, man. He could be easy around for the long haul. Until he's and that is fun. some foreshadowing, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I've got nothing else on these two teams. Great finals. Great, great season. Great season. Of uh of the 2022-2023 NBA season, I think we'll be coming back to you with a little bit of uh some draft some draft information and, right around the corner. and shortly after some free agency information and that's that's when that might be one of my favorite times of the year. Like obviously the playoffs is fun, but man, when free agency hits and you know every uh, every five minutes you refresh ESPN and three more guys have moved or gotten signed, like that's just fun. It's the only time I, I regret not having a Twitter. Sure, just to just to follow Loesch. Which I mean, I had Insta, so it's just one of those things where you get the the news it's just a little delayed. So, um. <laughs> right? Can we can we make MySpace the new breaking news of the NBA page? Like, can we go back to that? Make it so easy. <laughs> right, Loesch being everyone's top ten friends. Well, until next time, peace.